beginning, when you're starting out, that's actually a really great part about being smaller is you can create, like we talked about the customer experience on the last podcast, like when you're smaller, you can create these really unique experiences. Like you said, you've got these really great relationships right now. So you can go out of your way. You're already going out of your way because you're showing up personally. It's you on the front line and their people trust you. And that's when you have the most unique experiences with these yep. people. You can really create these amazing bonds. The reviews that come out of that will be really high touch and personalized and great. You can write them a card. Even those people would do go so far as make a quick video. And those are powerful. Like Brandon said earlier at another call, he's like, if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth a million. Put some video testimonials up of a customer just being like telling the story of like how much they love their clean and maybe you did something extra or going up above and beyond to surprise them or spark some type of joy that they're like, I can't believe you did this. Grow your cleaning business. Make more money. Have more time. This is the Profit Cleaners Podcast with your host, Brandon Condry and Brandon Shane. Hi, Belinda. How you Hi, doing? Hi, how are you? Doing well. Great to see you. Yeah, you, you too. Where are you in Australia? Down in the southeast in a little town called Tantanola. What time is it? 7 a.m. That's not that bad. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm normally up and at work by now, so it's all good. Very cool. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Belinda, yeah. like your business, your life, anything else you want to share with us before we get going? I'm 46, I'm getting up there, but um, a couple of years ago, I've been working in an office. I was doing work cover. I don't know if you, what the equivalent to that would be in America. So when people injure themselves, they put in a claim and it goes through, I guess you'd have something similar. It, workers' compensation is what it's called? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Okay. I did that for four years and then I went on to another company and was their return to work coordinator. So I still engaged with work cover, but I just did it for a company and looked after their injured workers. And I got a bit sick of the moaning and groaning of, oh, I'm hurt my finger and I can't go to work sort of thing. Yeah. And then when workers' comp really became about the money and not about the people, I just said, I'm sorry, I just can't do this anymore. It goes against what I believe in. So then I started working employment services for people who on Centrelink are, are benefits, government yeah. benefits, which kind of was people of the same ilk, I suppose. And then the pandemic hit and on things here, we didn't, I don't think we had it as bad as what you have experienced over there. And when we opened back up again, our bosses were very keen on us offering and it sounds terrible, but our broken people to these employers and dangling all this money in front of them. Yeah. Where they've had to put their own staff off. And I just didn't sit right with me to try and then go and push someone else and push someone who was previously employed out of a job. So I left and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I've always been a bit OCD and good with cleaning. So I thought I'll give this a go. And I worked for my sister-in-law's company very briefly and saw how badly that was run right. and, how, <laughs> and how poor the cleaning standard was. So I decided to go out on my own just for a little while until I decided what I wanted to do. And here I am nearly two years later with seven staff. Oh, nice. No money in the bank, but great clients, a really good team. And I have no procedures. I have nothing. That's not true. You have way more than nothing. I've got a bit of something, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Well, you're right here talking to the right people. So obviously you're not in the same frame of mind about it being everyone else's fault. You're out here trying to take action on your own to improve things. So I think you're already set up for a much better outcome. Yeah. And I think listening to your podcast, you guys are real and you're authentic. And I love the way you talk about people, you talk about your staff and you talk about your clients. I love all that stuff and a lot of your stuff aligns with how I do things already anyway. So I want to expand on that and learn from you guys. Yeah, we're yeah, happy to help. So well, I think we'll let you steer it. I mean, I read the comments in here. I really love this comment you had where you had 205,000 year-to-date revenue and 28,000 profit, apparently. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> It's always great when the accountant says you have profit and you're like, cool, where is it? Yeah, <laughs> very exciting that. Which yeah. drawer is that in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how we feel sometimes. Yeah, that's a cash flow thing for sure. So where do you want to start, Belle? You tell us what you want to cover. I guess I love your, um, there's so many things. 
I really want to be, I don't know if I should start with the 10X and then go on to the bigger one, but then I listened to, again, yesterday, refresh my brain for today, the full package, which does the training of the staff, the checklist, all that stuff. My biggest concern, obviously, is like it's a monthly payment. I get that, and that's great because I certainly don't have 5000 Australian dollars to pay for that straight up. So I think I converted it, and the monthly payment was still, it's about $1,500 a month when I convert it to US. So I'm just trying to weigh up. My husband nearly had a heart attack when I told him what I was going to do. And he was like, oh, you don't know, just hasn't got a business mind. He thinks he knows it all. And sure, doesn't sure. why I need to do this. We can work with the money thing, maybe. There's always opportunity for, we're recording this. If you maybe let us turn this into a podcast episode someday, then maybe there's a discount we can find in there for you. You never know. But in terms of the 10X versus the cleaning course, you're already rolling. You've already got staff. The 10X is really good for people that need more business. They need more customer eyes on the website. They need to grow quickly. If that isn't a concern for you, or it feels like it's going to be very hard to manage, if you had an sudden influx of people because of a marketing effort and it was going to cause a problem, then I would say skip that one for now and then do the systems one. So the systems one is very organized. There's lots of documentation that you get. You get some training videos that you can show new hires or the existing ones to really get everybody on the same page. So that's what it sounds like you're leaning towards based on what I'm hearing, but you tell me if it's the other way around. No, I think I've implemented a business coach as well, just because I had no idea what I was doing. And I've got a bookkeeper, but she doesn't know how to run the business and such. So I really like to get all the girls on the same page with the cleaning. And I'm sure there's ways that we can clean faster. Yeah. I love the way that you say when your teams go into a house, they do a choreographed dance. I love that. And I want to learn how to do that. The other issue I've got is I live in Tantanola. I've got two girls that live in Millicent, which is half an hour that way, and my other five live in Mount Gambier, which is half an hour the other way, and I'm sort of in the middle. So even if I was to have an office, which I don't think I can afford at the moment, like your teams do and they get there first thing in the morning, for me, logistically, that's probably not going to work because to get the girls from Millicent to drive 40 minutes to Mount Gambier or vice versa and then go back, that doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? How do you handle it now? Do you meet at some place and switch cars or they drive their own cars to the house? They drive their own cars at the moment because I'm not in a position to, I would love to buy a couple of work cars, but I'm not in the position to do that at the moment. So they drive their own cars and they don't travel probably four or five kilometres. It's probably, oh, except for girls in town, they do a little bit more. So the clients are really close to where the staff is located. Yeah, especially in Mount Gambier, they are. The girls don't have to travel too far. We live, it's country, so it's regional. Yeah. So we do some people who own farms and stuff, so there's a little bit of travel involved there. Sure. In terms of cleaning, how do you have it set up right now? Is it one person per house, two? Actually changing it to two at the moment. Uh I have been running with one per house, which generally for the bigger houses is about three hours, but I've been talking with the girls and they would like to work in a team because obviously that three-hour clean then drops down to an hour and a half. But I would love to have it structured so when they go in, Kelly's doing the bathroom, Kimmy's doing the kitchen, and they know where to go and it's the same thing, the same clean in every house. Does that make sense? Yeah. Much like you like you have got set up. Yeah. All right. So all that seems doable. We run a three-person crew. If you bought the cleaning course, there's a two-person setup in there. So it's treated as a fallback in the way the systems are, though. So the system, the videos, everything is built around three people. So Mm -hmm. if you can get to three people per team, eventually, you'll have the most benefit, I think, from an efficiency standpoint. You can certainly run it with two at the beginning, but there are checklists and things like that. So in terms of organizing it all like that, it would be relatively easy, I think. You'd have to work... Some kinks out, maybe clean your house a couple times or someone else's house as a guinea pig while they figure it out. You'll have some reference material to go back to and we're always here by email if you need something. So I think that's doable. Are you running a software? I'm using QuickBooks Time. So the girls, their roster is on QuickBooks Time 
and I generally put in what needs to be done. I have started to implement checklists, but I've just found I have been spending more time on the tools than actually being able to do the background stuff. And then I find at night I'm working on the computer and I spent all weekend this weekend I just built a whole new website, which I've never had before. So I built it and I'm really happy with that. Good job. Um, And had lots of really positive feedback. So I was very proud of of myself. What's the website? Let's all be proud together. It's busybecleaning.com. It's simple. I did it through Wix. With the Z Uh or how do you spell busy? Yeah, how do you spell busy? That didn't work. B-U-S-Y. And then B triple E cleaning.com. It was the three E's that threw it off. Busy B cleaning is for sale. Did you notice that? It's only $4,000 US. (laughs) Excellent. Cool. I like it. I like the pink. This is our tops. Yeah, it matches the uniform clearly. (laughs) I tried to change it because pink can become quite stained quite easily. Mm. But that's how everyone knows us. If you've got a branding attached to it, just ride the pink and just get new shirts every now and then. We've run with black for a while and you can still see everything on that. There's no color that will not show. Very cool belt. I like it. So when people fill out this form, is it just a email that it goes to? Yeah. Okay. Like in the 10X course, we'll teach you how to build out like marketing funnels because the problem is when you send traffic or people are only, especially paid traffic when there's like cold traffic, warmer traffic when they come to your website. It's a lot easier to get them to fill out the form and do everything. But you want to build in like a nurture sequence on the back end that's going to automated follow-up type. So you don't, you're not having like people fall through the cracks and missing, like educating them on your process or why you're better, how you're unique and different. So that I think would be helpful. But in the beginning, just starting out, this is great. That's how we started out too, just a simple form. And then as you get more progress, you can add on some more efficiencies with the marketing too. So you want to build out customized marketing funnels for one on your website, but also if you're running traffic on say Facebook or Google ads or something else, you'll have a specialized landing page that's just for that traffic. So you can track everything and see your costs and make sure you're monetizing everything the right way. But yeah, I mean, I would say if you can put your headline above the fold when your website loads, it's a beautiful picture. If you had a designer add that headline right above the fold so they don't have to scroll and even like a button like a call to action button some type of call to action so without them even scrolling they can just click something and it takes them like to your form or some action to take okay yeah Um, but yeah just because when you think about people online these days there's so many distractions so it's always like the quickest thing you can get them to do to take a call to action but yeah it looks great i would add pictures i haven't looked at your story yeah you have pictures of you that looks great i always tell people with your local websites the more local like personalized you can make it feel because a lot of people, what people don't like about big companies is it's just a logo. It's, it's very impersonal. So the more you can put your face on things, like talk about the local community stuff you're doing, it's always really a great way to differentiate yourself and build a lot of value and trust with people. It's and like I want to take some photos of the girls working, yes. not necessarily their face, but because they might be comfortable with that, but just to show that we're real so that they can see the tops and that will make more people in the community aware and they'll go, oh my God, that pink top and they can relate it back to Yeah. I love this quote you have on the homepage. It says, exceptional cleaning starts and ends with our experienced and friendly staff. That's a great place to put pictures of the staff, little headshots. So if it is really it starts and ends with the staff, then let's introduce them to the staff and give them some names and maybe a little bio blurb i've been cleaning for five years or 10 years or whatever it doesn't all have to be with your business but whatever their experience may work out to be this is great yeah it's really coming along and so i think this is a huge because a lot of times people don't even get to this point and it's like you're already a huge step ahead just like building that local presence that website gives you the trust and then you can connect that to your maps or other social profiles and everything connects we go over a lot of that in the 10x course all the marketing online stuff but this is awesome you're doing great so far and i'm not so concerned about the marketing at the moment i started running just a few little ads on facebook just i didn't really know what i was doing but i thought i'll have a bit of a dummy running and i have got eight quotes in the next two days to do clients and one of them was straight off the bat with the website as soon as i like i linked it to my facebook profile my page and i had someone message me through the web page straight away so you're not cleaning yourself anymore, right? You're just managing it now. Uh, no. Yeah. I actually just recently took on two new girls and my plan was I'm now stepping back. I have to 
because yeah. we're getting busier and I need to make sure that everything in the background is running efficiently so the girls feel supported and everything's ready to go for them all the time. Right. So you're still cleaning right now. And the idea is you're going to like train them up and then step away. They're trained. They're okay. good to go now. So I'm, my plan for tomorrow is to rejig the roster moving forward. We're catching you the day before you're going to stop cleaning. That's amazing. Way to go. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> I have to. We're just getting so busy and I've been running to quotes in between jobs and so then you run a little bit behind or you feel like you're rushing the person through. And I don't like to do that. I like to spend the time with the customer so that they make sure they're heard. I know exactly what they're looking for. And just to get to know a little bit about them and their family. All um, great things. You can never go wrong knowing your customer like that. You get to know the customer. You went to the house. You talked to them for a while. What do you do with those notes? Where do they go? And where does the staff get information about it when it's time to go to that house? Yeah, I generally, what I've been doing is I've been meeting them there and I've been walking them through the house and talking to them and telling them, because a lot of our cleanings are, are very much the same. So I've just been walking them through, but I would like to have the checklists, which I've started doing some places. I've already got the checklist in place, but I'd like to streamline it like you have and have the same checklist for each house. So the checklist that we would get you if you had the cleaning course is like, this is what you do in the kitchen and the order in which you do it and things like that, which is great. But the stuff that you've gotten from the customer is the personalized things. So like, don't clean this family heirloom, whatever, or this is my mother's ashes, like don't touch it. Cleaners also need to be aware of that. So you have to have a way to convey that one-off information. On the bootstrapped cheap side of things, you can always do it with a Google Calendar that everyone's plugged into and can view it. But really what you need to do at the level that you're about to start scaling at is you have to get a CRM software of some kind, <laughs> whatever will work for you. But like, that's your next bottleneck. So you're going to get yourself out of the cleaning, which is a huge first step. Congratulations. But the next problem you're going to run into is people showing up at the wrong times or missing things that they told you, but you forgot to relay because you're too busy. And the way to organize all that is with the software. So I think by and large, all the ones that we use here should be available in Australia, but I'm not in Australia to test that. So <laughs> the one that we mentioned a lot on the podcast is Service Fusion. They're based here, obviously, but there are much bigger versions of it. So Service That's Fusion is one. Oh, Service Fusion. Yeah, Service Fusion. That's the one that we use in-house for us. For us, it's about $350 US per month, but it's by headcount. We have way more people than you do. So yours would be yeah. considerably less. There's other ones that get tossed around a lot. One's called House Call Pro. One's called Jobber. So when you get set up with that system, it'll essentially do everything. It will manage the schedule for a recurring job. It can do things like send a text message to the customer when we're on the way. Those text messages can be really cool. It can actually include the photo of the people that are coming to the house. Like, this is your cleaning This is your cleaning team today. They'll be there in 15 minutes and they can see the headshots that you put on the website. You run credit cards through it. I don't know how your customers are paying, but you can certainly do it straight through that app. The yeah. cleaners can do it if you want them to do it. Like point of sale, they swipe the card. That's your next operational hurdle. But the nice thing is, because you're not using one right now, the second you take yourself out of the cleaning, I don't think you have enough work to fill your day. I could be completely wrong, but you will find yourself with some free time that would be really well spent on spinning up a software. It's like the operating system of the business that you keep going with into the future. Yep. No, that sounds like a great, because with QuickBooks time, they use as their time. They can clock in and clock out. I'm sure you're aware of that. Yeah, you would still keep something like that. So depending on the app that you go with, it will have a built-in time clock feature where they can, they'll have the app installed on their phone. And then they can clock in and clock out remotely so that they're not coming to the office. The office doesn't exist. You can keep QuickBooks time if you like it. It's affordable for you to do both. You can keep it. Are you running payroll through QuickBooks as well? No, it goes through zero. So, but that links. So I would be more than happy to change that whole thing over. Yeah, yeah. So the only concern of going away from a solution like that where payroll is built into the time clock is that now you're going to have to copy data. So you're going to have to take the hours work this week and manually enter it into whatever the payroll system is. 
So if zero and QuickBooks time are working, then keep it. The alternative is run it through the new app, just get one that has payroll built into it. And then they all have some form of an export. So you export a CSV and copy it into there. You just kind of have to be a little bit more diligent about data entry mistakes. We're on an integrated system now, just like you are, where there's a there's actually an iPad time clock in the office, and that's linked directly to the payroll system. So it logs it for us. But in the old days, you would make a silly mistake, like logging someone in for 75 hours instead of seven. That is a costly mistake if you don't catch it. And then worse, you have to go back to your employee and say, hey, we overpaid you by a lot, and I need that money back. <laughs> that's a very devastating conversation to have, depending on your cleaner's personal financial standpoint. So yeah, just be judicious about it. You need to really like write down a wish list. Like I wish that the software did this, 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 and this, and then schedule a demo with the sales guy. They'll do it on Zoom and you need to make sure they operate in Australia, which is given. But if you go into there with no plan, if you go to the demo, the sales guy's got a routine. He's going to go through it and give you the price at the end. And he's like, yeah, sounds great. And then you start using it and it doesn't do all the things you need it to do. So you need to steer that demo a little bit and tell them like, look, can you show me what the routing map looks like? Can you show me what scheduling looks like? Show me what the text message looks like when it goes to the customer that says we're on our way. Some of them will do review management. So after the clean's over, it'll shoot them a text that says, hey, leave us a review. It'll automatically post it to Facebook and Google and all the stuff. So you just need to be really clear on what you want out of it and think a little bit in the future. So like if you were double the size, what would you need the software to do and try and get that software? Do you find with the reviews, do you send that every time you do a claim? So if you've got your recurring customers once a week or once a fortnight, do you always ask for a review? No. So we use a software that does that for us now. So that's called Podium. And that is actually part of the automation side of it on the back end is it will send it to them once and then not again for 60 days. And so they can also opt out of it. They can just say like, I don't want to do this at all. Like it comes from a different number. Like they know it's not us, but it says it's us. It's confusing for them, but it's worked really well. So when we signed up for it, we signed up for it in July of last year, I think. So we haven't been quite a year with that. And our goal was boost the count of reviews. I don't care what the rating is. I want as many reviews as possible through the system. And we actually, just this week, we talked about it this morning. We became the most reviewed cleaning company in the state. So there, we have the most reviews of anybody and we did it with that software. So that software that we use also has a feature called feedback in the software world. It's called net promoter score. So instead of a review, it will send them something like, hey, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to recommend us to a friend? And so it will log that info in the back. So it will probably check in with them every time, just a quick check-in. But if they reply back with a zero or like a one, you get like a little notification that like, hey, this person's pissed off. And so you can call that person and be like, hey, I noticed you like ranked us really low on this feedback thing. Like, did we do something wrong? Like, can we fix it? Okay. It's like a filter for angry customers that you can catch before they do something silly, like leave a negative review or tell their neighbor it was a bad experience. So that's what we use it for. And I guess as you get bigger, you'll need that. I've got really good relationships with all of my clients. The podcast I was listening to yesterday, we were talking about, I listened to quite a few yesterday, was reviews and breakages and stuff like that. So there was a couple of different ones I listened to. And so I've started stepping out of my comfort zone, which is what you guys suggested, yeah. and asking to do reviews. Like I've always shied away from that because I thought, oh, if they want to do it, they will. I don't want to pressure them to do it but most of them are business owners themselves so they would understand why I'm asking yeah they'll a- totally get that so it's you asking for a very personal favor from them is not going to be met with ah, I don't do that if you don't ask people are much more likely to leave a negative review because they're so upset than they are to leave a positive one by and large you expect that you're going to have positive experiences with most of the businesses you interact with otherwise they wouldn't be in business but when someone really screws up, and especially if they do a bad job of resolving whatever the issue is for you, that's when people go leave one-star reviews. So yeah, ask for reviews. Get something like this that asks for reviews on behalf of you, but make it easy on them. Like give them a little card. This is the link, or I can text you the link to our Google listing or our Facebook listing. Leave us a review there. Yeah. And I would say you can get more to like a podium as you grow. But like in the beginning, we didn't have podium. We had another automation thing that we tried at one point. 
Podium is by far the best. It does take them, once they do review, it takes them off so they don't keep getting the messages. So that's nice. It recognizes when they do review. But in the beginning, when you're starting out, that's actually a really great part about being smaller is you can create, like we talked about the customer experience on the last podcast. Like when you're smaller, you can create these really unique experiences. Like you said, you've got these really great relationships right now. So you can go out of your way. You're already going out of your way because you're showing up personally. It's you on the front line and their people trust you. And that's when you have the most unique experiences with these people. You can really create these amazing bonds. The reviews that come out of that will be really high touch and personalized and great. You can write them a card. Even those people would do go so far as make a quick video. And those are powerful. If you can put those on your website, like video, like Brandon said earlier at another call, he's like, if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth a million. So put some video testimonials up of a customer just being like telling the story of like how much they love their clean. And maybe you did something extra or going above and beyond to surprise them or spark some type of joy that they're like, I can't believe you did this. Like we leave flowers for people. Maybe it's something personalized, handwritten card, a video message after the clean that's just says, we're so happy you're a customer. Let us know if there's any feedback we can do better. By the way, we bought you a coffee or something just like people wouldn't expect. They are going to brag about. And that's also when you ask for a review, it's like you've already tipped them up front. It's reciprocity. So it comes back and people are more than glad to not just write a review, but they'll write a glowing review and they'll go out of their way to do whatever they can to help you. But that's a really good thing to focus on right now is building your reviews. We did a lot of organic review pushes in the beginning, just straight up ask people or we would leave cards out. When yeah, we, had we left little cards. I like that idea. Then the girls can leave that. The other thing we started doing recently that's been really well received is the teams when they're there, they write a handwritten thank you note. Like, thank you for being a customer. Like, we really appreciate it. And then they put their names at the bottom. So everyone knows like team five was Iris and so on and so forth. And that seems to resonate well. So like you could actually have them if they're comfortable with it, you got to kind of like finesse it They're your employees after all, but you got to say like, you know, it'd be really helpful if you left us a review. And then inside that card is the printed out, like here's the website to go to, to do it. If you're going to print out a card with a URL on it, I would definitely suggest doing one on your website. So like be busy, slash review. And then you on the back end can have it forward to wherever you actually want them to go. But if you try to type out your, Google listing, this huge string of random letters and numbers. Someone won't be able to transcribe that into reading it. They won't be able to get it into a computer. So you just set up a URL on your website and then you can make that go wherever you want. You can change that. So like, if you're going to focus on Google, it goes to Google. And then later you're like, well, I really want to focus on Facebook. Then you just change it on the back end of your website without having to reprint all those cards. And then now it goes to Facebook or wherever. Or you just let them choose and say, review us on Facebook or review us on Google, click here. And each one points to different ones. And you could set that up on your website and any of the technical stuff. It looks like you already know how to do a lot of this stuff based on your website, but like anything that you're not sure how to do or go on fiverr.com, go on upwork.com and just hire a freelancer that can just like code something real quick or put a thing on the back of your website or create a redirect 301 link. There's that upwork.com. Upwork. Yeah. Upwork. Dot com and then fiverr f-i-v-e-r-r.com is another good one that it's gotten a lot better over the years it used to be like really low-end work but there's a lot of really good pros on there ceos think differently as a small business owner you have to stop thinking like one we're launching the profit cleaners book club to help transform the mindsets of cleaning business owners everywhere Together, we'll read some of the most important business and mindset books so that you can become the leader your business needs. Learn more about the Profit Cleaners Book Club today by going to ProfitCleaners.com slash book club. That's ProfitCleaners.com slash book club. So it's like anything you can't do, don't be like intimidated by any of the technology stuff because we live in a world where everything is like shared economy, shared everything. Everyone can help each other. So just reach out to people like that. that can help you hook that stuff in the CRM, hook that up, do some demos on that. And uh, I was poking around on Google. There are a few CRMs that are based solely in Australia. So if the ones that we gave you don't work there, there are unique things to Australia that you can also poke around with. It's just the generic term for it is field management software. That's what you're after. You're managing people out in the field doing stuff. Yeah. And it sounds like you have like a lot going, but the systems are 
Like you want to get to this next phase of growth where you're going to grow and scale a bunch, but you got to have those systems to scale, right? So putting the calendar system with all the scheduling and all the billing and all the notes and all the stuff that you can put in there on a good CRM software that manages your teams and all that, that's going to be huge. Putting in the next system, which might be like when Brandon and I started, really, it was a huge, huge benefit that we launched with our mentor Corby systems, which is a lot of the checklists and everything you'll find in the cleaning systems course. But that was after 20 years of him refining and he even tried carpet cleaning at one time and ditched that. And there's just like constantly refining this house cleaning process down to the choreographed dance, you know, and that's the system. But if you don't have that system and the checklist to the point where someone could walk off the street and do it and follow the checklist and like make it that easy, that's the true system you need to get to. So the cleaning systems yes. course will definitely help with that. We're, we're adding a bunch of content to that right now, actually, because we got a lot of great feedback when we launched it. And so there's still more that's coming on that. That's like all sorts of other systems too, like behind the scenes of our operational organization of the company. We're adding more service fusion videos because people wanted to know like exactly what you're asking. Well, how would I, if I'm using service fusion, how would I go about scheduling this or doing this? So we're going to have more videos like that, just like anything. So if you're in there and you're like, I don't see this, let us know and we'll add it in there and we'll record something. So, cause it's just a big library. We're constantly building that you'll have lifetime access to. So it's, and that, I love that it's lifetime access. It's not, you have to renew every year. Yeah. And then there's a great group on the back end. You can keep asking questions in there. And then we do monthly coaching calls just like this, but it's part of the group. So you can just get in there and ask questions live there too. There are so, some other Australians too. I think we're up to three Australian <laughs> companies in that group, I think. <laughs> well, I know a couple of people who own cleaning businesses here and I'm going to make contact. I wanted to speak to you guys first and I'm going to hear you on because I just think it's just your podcasts alone have taught me so much. I love that you love it. <laughs> They're amazing. And like I said, I'm into listening to them a second time because I listen to them in the car when I'm driving. And sometimes I'll be sitting here doing my rosters and I'll just have you playing in the background. And you'll always pick up something that you missed the first time. It's yeah. like watching it over and over you. What is the competition landscape looking like locally? Because your town's very small is what it looks like on Google Maps. So how far out is that service area and how many other people are in the space? In Millicent, there is no other cleaning companies at all. So that's the town that's 15 minutes away. My sister-in-law is the only other competition, which really I don't class as competition at all. And then if you go to Mount Gambier, there is a few cleaning companies up there. I haven't ever had a service from them, but from the feedback I've received from people who have come to me or contacted me, it's not affluent service and the staff is always changing the standard of cleaning is not consistent they don't pay like one company i was told by a customer who's now mine that they pay their staff 20 dollars an hour cash they don't pay tax and she charges the client 45 dollars an hour one of the other pieces of feedback we got from one of the australians was that your labor market is completely different than ours and i think the minimum wage is much much higher so what do you pay people and how does that relate to your pricing for the customers? I pay my girls above the award because I think that we provide a much higher standard of cleaning and my girls maintain that. So I, the minimum wage is $27.14. I pay 30 So it's not a huge amount more, but the girls were extremely grateful when nice. I let them know that I was going to, and I told them why. I just think they're worth that little bit extra because they're great girls and they're consistent. They turn up, they wear their uniform, you know, they do all the right things. So yes, that's about that's about 21 US. We've got competitors in town that pay 21. We'll make them drive their own vehicles for that and they have to pay for their own fuel out of that wage. Is that how yours is set up as well? You have to pay they pay for yeah. gas. I mean by law we are supposed to pay them the kilometers they travel between jobs. My girls at the moment are happy that I'm paying them that little bit extra, which covers, but I would like to get into a position where I am paying them those kilometers. So you pay them by the hour during the clean. So like the actual time from beginning to end of a house, and then they get a, like a flat kilometer reimbursement driving to and from. No, they don't. They just get the, the time. Like, so they the hourly. Get, yeah. Okay. Interesting. You could get to a point, you know, later on, if funds allow, like you'll get to the point where you have to start 
making more expenses for tax reasons, you know, you have to dumb down the profit a bit. One of the things that my old boss in the medical sales world used to do is he'd put everything on a credit card that earned points. And then him and his wife would take vacations on those points every year. So it could be a perk of the job down the road eventually where you use a fuel card that you earn points on and everyone's just got a copy of the card and they can gas themselves up. So that may be like, that's a good way to make the staff love you even more than they already do. But it's just an interesting setup that you have because it's not something that totally foreign to the way that we do things in like a major metro area. So I'm always curious how those things work. And you know, I would love to do that. I would have to manage that though, because the girls don't do an excessive amount of kilometers for work. And if I was to fuel their whole tank with the price of fuel here at the moment, I'd have to work out, I'd have to refine that somehow. It's just an idea. You can manage it however you want. I love it. Our office manager, our director of operations, she's integral to the whole system. We fill her tank up whenever she wants it and she can, it's just her car. We don't care that she's not driving miles for the business. That's kind of a, we can't pay you what you're worth, you know, at the time. So like, let's fill your gas tank instead. So that's what we could kind of do. So it's just something to keep in your back pocket, I suppose, in the future. Yeah, I love that. And I want the reward system. I want to implement that, that you guys have got going. I really want to do that because I think my girls are worth it. I know my girls up here compared to like a lot of them, they don't have uniforms. You know, I'm strict with like it has to be the top and it has to be black pants and black shoes, denim, no leggings, no tracksuit pants. I don't care if it's $10 pants from Kmart because you're claiming they're going to get trashed, but you're not allowed to tracksuit pants, leggings or denim out. Sure. I love it. That's a good branding exercise. You got to stay on top of what it looks like to the customer is important. So, I mean, good on you for doing that. That's, that's the way to do it. I, remember, I was just going to say, I remember Corby on the early in the days when we were learning the cleaning business, specifically talking about the uniforms for that reason, but just like a lot of the nuanced stuff that isn't really apparent, but it's very small, subtle details that are so important in this business. So everything from the way the teams show up, the way their uniforms are tucked in, the way the cleaning supplies look in the bucket with the towels folded a certain way, color-coded if you're doing that system, the cleaning course, like all of that is a marketing presentation so that even when the client sees that, they're just like, wow, like this is amazing. Like I've never seen a cleaning company like this. And then even to the point where after the clean, a big part of just the details is the cleaners will straighten the frames if they've dusted them or straighten the carpets or straighten the chairs and like things that I would have never thought. And yet, if you do the competitor research and hire other companies, you'll notice a lot of them don't do these things. But these are the little details that a client will go around looking in the house afterwards. And if they see a frame off, a carpet off, a chair, something's crooked in the house, they start looking for other problems, right? It's like a lot of times the initial appearance of things is creates that all that illusion of everything else. And it's like, so yeah, first appearances and just like the details are so important all the way down to the, how your website looks, your branding, your marketing, how your people dress. So I think great work on doing that on the uniforms and like that kind of attention to detail is going to be really key to becoming an authority in your market. And we, I bought those trolleys. They're like a square trolley on wheels with a long handle and they're all in pink. So the girls yeah. have all got a trolley. They've got all their chemicals in there. They have to have their cloths folded and they need to be either in a basket or a bag to walk in because it needs to look professional if you walk in with an armful of cloths and it just looks very disorganised. And then they've got another bag or basket for the dirty cloths to go in. And I said, don't just throw them on the floor. They need to be put into a bag or a basket. How are you handling replenishing of those supplies since everyone's distributed? Do you run things out to them? More chemicals? Yeah. I'm a chemical taxi. <laughs> yeah. And then laundry too? You bring it back dirty rags and cleaning them at your no, place? Do you know what the girls do? So that's why something listening to you, I'm going to have to expand on at some point and how I coordinate that because the girls in Millicent, I don't see them every day. So that would entail me driving in to pick them up and laundering them. So that's something that's in my to-do list as we expand. But do you I know think, if you have a rental service for that locally? Yeah, we do. I don't know. I could do it in Mount Gambia. We've never used one, but like we've gotten sales pitches from them before. But, you know, you rent the microfibers in bulk and then you give it back to them and they launder it. It's part of the service. So you oh, pay. Okay. No, I haven't seen anything like that. We, we're probably very behind over 
I do love Australia. I've been to Australia a few times. I remember the first time I went down there, I, I remember making the comment, like, it feels like it's 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we are quite behind. Well, good news, you're on the cutting edge. So if the rest of Australia is 10 years behind, then that makes you 20 years in the future to your competition. <laughs> I was just going to say, Belinda, I was thinking back when you were saying you go to the customer's houses, right? At least on Mm -hmm. the initial cleans and walk the teams through. I know you might not be able to do that forever, but that's a really cool opportunity for you as well. Probably the customer's there. Maybe they're not, but that's a really good opportunity to like, we're starting to do like these weekly claim your weekend check-ins where our customer experience person will just like call up a customer or drop in on them. But like, if you're already dropping in on the customer's houses, talk about making it a luxury experience. Like you can call them when you're on the way and say, Hey, can I pick you up a coffee or some, a tea or something? Or when you're there, just like talk to them and create this experience with them or like all sorts of ideas there. But that's always when you're actually going in the house and you're showing mm-hmm. up like that, at least in the beginning, and maybe sometime in the future or someone else will continue doing that for you. But those are the kind of experiences that really bond you with your clients and create that loyalty as well. If you can keep that as you grow some type of a tab on that, that's really critical, I think. So is that the moment? And this is what something I was going to ask. You do quotes or estimates online. Do you have like a set price? You see, I don't charge by the hour that we're there. I'm no good with math. I think I heard somewhere along the line that you work it out on square meters of the house or something. I'm crap with that. I actually have it open. Let me just share it with you really quick. I'm the same way. That's why Brandon's a, the spreadsheet ninja over here. <laughs> Numbers out. All right. So that's the rate matrix at the moment is what it's called. So square footage on the left, we do it in 300 square foot blocks. And then depending on the type of service you're after, the price is different. So initial, weekly, biweekly, monthly, and if you're having a one-off, it's way, way higher. So you can do it either way. There's benefit in the flat pricing. It's a consistent amount for the customer to kind of budget off of. In reality, if you're cleaning the same customers repeatedly, it's probably going to be roughly the same amount every time is my guess. So what you want to do if you switch to the flat model pricing, you need to work in an average. So there'll be times when if they stay with you long enough, it's it's all the same. But if they have a bad day, you don't charge them double or whatever. You have to be able to eat that on the payroll side because it is going to take longer hours to do it. We did this because Corby did it. We never did the hourly setup. Like we have a minimum charge. So if you have a very small space that you want us to clean, you know, 500 square feet, we charge you with a thousand square foot because we just don't, it's not worth our time to like drive out there and do it. There's cost in getting to you before we even start cleaning. So we have had customers push back on that and say like, I'll just pay the hourly. And we're like, fine. Well, the minimum is an hour, $120 an hour for the team of three to come out and do it. And then if they finish in half an hour, well, that was the minimum. We have a certain vein of customer that we stick within, but we do have an advantage compared to you over that because we have a, we're in a big city. So there's essentially unlimited amount of people that we can talk to. You're quite smaller in that regard. So that doesn't mean the sky is not the limit. It's just that you got to be a little more choosy on how you make those pricing decisions because you might upset a bigger amount of people. So If the hourly thing is working for you, I don't see any reason to change it. It's really easy for people to work out too. It's also very easy to quote. How much is it? Oh, it's this much. And then the rest of it depends on how long we stay at your house. So it's really up to you. Yeah, because I'll go and do like today when I'm finished with you, I'm going to go to Mount Gambier. And like I said, I've got eight quotes to do. So I always go and do a walkthrough with the customer. I'll walk through their house, get to know them a little bit get to know their house and know because there's certain things that some people like they've got their little pet peeves like the gap seat and the toilet lid that dust in there or around the toilet button where the stuff builds up they're the things that I like to really hone in and I know am I setting myself up to fail as such by spending more time but that seems to be the thing that is setting us apart from the others that we will You got to lean into that. Like if that's the thing that's setting you apart from the competition, then that's the thing. So you tell we'll people. We'll do the toilet from the top right down to the bottom. Like yeah. no stay on to behind sort of things that they're saying, oh, wow, you do that. We're here to clean your house. And I've started saying, get your, claim your weekends back, spend your time with your family. And that's, nice. people have commented and said, wow, that's a really good way to sell. So no, keep that up. I mean, that gap in between the toilet, that's an inspection point that we look at sometimes. So we'll have everybody send photos of that through the day sometimes. So don't go backwards on that. Don't peel back on that. You can get into a situation where if you over-customize it to a degree with one customer versus another, it'll be hard 
if you have a staff change. So if one of the ladies quits or has to move somewhere else, you drop in someone else and that was the one that did the bathroom and she just mentally remembered that you do that. That's why you need the CRM to document everything. But no, I mean, if that's what's separating you out, I say keep that going and then the hourly is what makes it that way. And then over time, you'll get more data and realize that, well, the average is three hours, so we can just charge you three hours flat going forward. And that's what's happening. Initial claim generally will take a little bit longer because you're going to get it to a certain standard. And that's what I always say to the client. The first claim will always cost a little bit more, but moving forward, the price will go down because we've just been maintaining for you. And I'm very fortunate with the clientele that we've got. They're clean people anyway. They're they're clean before the cleaner comes. We're not going into these horrendous houses and going, walking in and going, oh my God, this wasn't like this. You'll run into some of those someday. It'll happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Belinda, also what you can do is go read all your competition's reviews. We did this in the beginning, or you can hire out their services if you want to go that far. But even just reading the reviews is very telling. And if you just read the lower three stars and below, That'll tell you a lot of their weaknesses and the opportunities for you. You can read their five-star reviews too and see, well, this is what people love. This is what they're praising them for. So try to do emulate what people are already wanting, do more of that, and then try to find where they're dropping the ball and where they're really missing out. And that's the opportunity. Like you said, if everyone's saying to you, wow, you do this, a huge, like we actually deviated from our mentor system too. Like he was like, oh no, we don't touch those things. We don't ever do this. And we started doing that. We started adding job notes and things. Because that, or even like the fact that we, in the very, very beginning, we did in-person estimates in the houses. We, Brandon and I, mostly Brandon, we would just go into the houses ourselves and people couldn't believe that we would actually show up because everyone else was doing the virtual or just quoting it automatically, no humans involved. And so we were trying to do stuff like that all the time. And so I think to a degree, you can do a lot of that because a lot of the things they're asking for are very small, nuanced, little details. If they start asking your teams to get on the ladders and clean stuff and stuff that's really dangerous, obviously you can't do that. But I think that is a really great point is you can differentiate yourself a lot by doing that stuff and then seeing what your competitors aren't doing and really fill that need for your customer base. You can do that review exercise in a different location. If you don't have that much competition, look at these reviews to learn things from, then go look at like Perth or Melbourne or whatever's closest and Look at five stars, see what they're doing really well. Oh, we could add that. That's a I big started doing start. that. Julie said that, your wife said that on one of her podcasts about don't go, I mean, you can look at your own business, like cleaning, but go and have a look at other people's websites for different ideas and look at their, I mean, for reviews, yes, you'd go to a cleaning website. But right. I noted what Julie said about going and looking at different websites. Different yeah, ideas. and get inspiration, but also don't, focus too much on the competition, but yeah, notice what they're doing, but also focus on your own. Like you should already be like six months ahead of the competition because you're innovating new ideas and new things that they're not even thinking of because you're noticing they're dropping the ball because their most recent reviews said they did this wrong or this wrong. And in the very beginning, we actually picked up from our direct competitor, like 30 or 40 of their customers, right? One from the get go, because they shifted from doing, I don't know what it was, Brandon, but they were just messing around with their systems and changing stuff up for their customers, making them mad basically. And we could see it in the reviews and then slowly saw all their customers, not all of them, but a lot of them started coming over to us. It, so. was, a, it was a big chunk all at once because they switched from three person teams to two person to one person. And so if you were working at home and you were used to it taking an hour and a half, it was suddenly taking four hours and it just was throwing off everybody. Yeah. So like, I think you've got a good thing going with the higher touch customization thing. So I wouldn't stray away from that. I think you've got a good thing going with meeting your customers in person as well. That kind of helps, especially when you're new, it puts a face to the name and helps you do it. The pandemic really forced our hand on doing the digital estimates. So we're doing that over Zoom. So like, it's still a walkthrough. Like they take their phone around and turn it around and kind of show us everything and point out anything specific. And then that gives us the opportunity to look in there and say, Whoa, man, like this room is really bad. Or like, thing that we run into sometimes musical instruments like if you've got a room with a bunch of guitars mounted on the wall like we just make a point to point out to you they're like we're not going to touch those we'll do everything else for you that frees up your time but the cleaning of the instruments is on you because violin could cost thousands of dollars or 20 bucks depending on what it looks like but i have no idea like i'm not that well versed so we just skip those things that are red flags Art is another one. So if you get a collector that's got original paintings and things like this is beautiful, like really good looking house, but we can't touch that for you because it's just our insurance would get mad at us and yada, yada, yada. You can always blame stuff on insurance. I understand that most people anyway. So yeah, I mean, I think when you want to switch to the estimates is when you just are frazzled. When we had to do it, it was that 
I was running the operations side of the business, customer service and accounts payable and all the things that keep doors open and the lights on. But I was losing 30 hours a week to sales, going to do estimates. And there was just no time left over to do any of that other stuff. And then it got to the point where I had to sacrifice sales time to catch up on business stuff. And so that was like the light bulb, the like, look, we need someone else to do this. And so I wouldn't consider doing the digital stuff until you're at that point when you're either going to hire someone to do it in person, like just sales, like you have a commissioned person or they can do it online. For us, the online thing worked because it was just right place, right time with the pandemic to do it. Nobody wanted us to go into their house if they weren't going to have cleaners anyway. So it was a safety thing. But also the added benefit is that you're driving between these eight quotes tomorrow. So like eight quotes or eight quotes today, that's going to be a full day for you. That's a lot of driving going in between these places. If it was all on Zoom down the road, you could maybe do double that because you just bounce from one Zoom call to another with five minutes in between instead of 20, depending on how far you're driving from place to place. And I think a lot of the stuff I hear, I mean, you're doing great. I think a lot of the systems like you're talking about, and the crazy thing that we've learned recently too, is like a lot of the systems are in your head, but you just have to like pull them out or it helps if you have something to look at, like the system we've built out and we're putting in the course and stuff so that you can model after that and change them to fit exactly how you're doing it. But something to build off of, right? Something to model. And that's usually the most successful people are modeling that success. That's what we're doing too. And so you think your sister-in-law is going to listen to the podcast? <laughs> no, Heidi's one of those people. She's never wrong. It's always everybody else's fault. She blames her staff. Like it's just, it's a really toxic, unhealthy environment. I'll own it. Even if it's like you, or the podcast I was listening to yesterday, even if it's not necessarily our fault, mm-hmm. I will say, what can we do? And one lady's house, I've knocked two things over straight away. I've taken a photo and I've said to her, I'm really sorry, my duster knocked this over. I've looked at the bottom. I've got where you've ordered it from. Here's the order number. I've already ordered it and it will Love be on it. it. Way to go. Okay. That type of stuff, no one else is doing that. They're all going to... My favorite part when we were doing the research, we were looking at other people's reviews and the owner of this cleaning company was in the reviews publicly arguing with his customers. They said that they broke something and he was like, no, that was already broken when we got there. And like, that is just, that's your sister-in-law's attitude that nope, wasn't us, that's you. But if you had done or she did what you just did and just replaced it off the bat, then it turns in from, I'm so mad at you and you're denying my concern to no way, I can't believe you've already ordered one. It's going to be here tomorrow. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's what she It speaks miles. She was just like, wow, well, thank you very much. Well, we broke it. We'll fix it. Yep. Oftentimes we report that stuff up front and they just say like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It was a $3 salt shaker. We did it all. <laughs> so Belinda, I just want to commend you on that too. Like you got the mindset, you have the extreme ownership mindset of take full responsibility. If your business fails, it's your fault, right? Like you already own yeah. that. Like you're already doing that. And so that's the best place to be. So if you keep that mindset, I mean, you're going to be unstoppable because you know, you're not going to let anything stop you, which is exactly what you're talking about when people are blaming other people for everything. But as long as you keep that attitude, you're going to do great. And just very quickly, I know you've probably got another call. I had a lady who was one of my sister-in-law's clients and was one of the biggest people to push me to get away from Heidi and start my own business. I took her on as a client, but she became, she was very demanding. And at the start, I could do the three hours, Mondays and Fridays for her. But as the business grew, I couldn't always be there. So I trained someone else to be there. Anyway, she needs a housekeeper, not a cleaner. Yeah. Two people yeah. that live in elderly people that live in a house, but she wants a house clean twice a week and crazy and really finicky stuff that's like, hang on, got to stop. So I dropped her as a client, professionally did it all through email, but there'd also been an incident where she just had some new floorboards moved in, put in, and she had been away. And she actually messaged me and said, oh, did someone drop something? Did Sue drop something on the floor? And I said, well, I don't think so. She didn't say anything. And then she said, oh, no, I think the fridge has been moved and it's dented the new floorboard. And so I was very sceptical because I didn't know she thought something had been dropped and the imprint on the floor didn't match the bottom of the fridge. Anyway, I didn't handle that overly well. We ended up paying for it through the insurance because I was happy just to pay cash and sort it out and get it done. But she was very difficult about it. 
and it took me 12 months but I actually went back to her two weeks ago like I had ended her as a client and everything I went back to her two weeks ago because she's now gone back to Heidi because there's yeah. no one else and I apologized to her and I said I just wanted to apologize for the way my part in how I handled the situation with the fridge I said I didn't do it very well it wasn't very professional and I just wanted to know let make sure a that the floor has been fixed and b just yeah just say sorry and that I could have done things a whole lot better yeah. yeah, how did she take it? That's what I want to know. She didn't know what to say or where to look, but she was like, wow, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And then launched into everything that's happened with her and her family in the 12 months since I'd seen her last. That's an on-the-fence customer for me. Like, do you want to take them on? You've now made, you've got some inroads there after the apology, but that doesn't necessarily mean you want her back as a client. But I think from a professional standpoint, very yeah. good work. And then, yeah, especially recognizing that you need a housekeeper. You need an employee that is your employee that comes here and does exactly what you want all the time because you pay them. But like, unfortunately, it's just not a good fit for us. There's always really graceful ways to bow out of that. And I think you did a really fantastic job. So, And I explained that to her in her email. I said, I think you would be better suited to have. Yeah, but people appreciate that honesty and you being real with them like that. And other people might not tell them that and just try to do the business anyways, but I think that's hugely valuable. But that, back at the time, that was $1,000 a month for me. That was a huge client. Didn't need the extra headache that came along with it. So That's it. That is the exact mindset. They could be giving you $5,000 a month, but if it's keeping you awake at night or causing multi-thousand dollar insurance claims for things that you didn't do, then it's not worth it. I mean, we've had half a dozen clients over the years accuse us of some version of theft. And we always take that very seriously. We're going to go investigate and talk to people and see what we come up with. We've turned a couple over to insurance. Every single time they come back weeks later, a month later, a year later, I'm really sorry. I found that thing that I thought that you stole under or whatever. And they're always very apologetic. But the fact that we didn't just right away tell them, nope, that wasn't us. Like, goodbye. And we fire those clients. I mean, we usually tell them like, we don't have the trust that we need to continue the relationship because you jumped right to we stole it when in fact we didn't. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, best of luck. And then they call back and we've taken a couple back every now and then they're very apologetic, but yeah, that kind of attitude is going to go very far for you. People will tell that they will, the lady with the vase that got replaced, she's going to tell 10 friends about that story and it'll just keep paying dividends over time. Yeah. Versus if you didn't help her out, she would tell that story 10 or 20 times more and it would be a really negative word of mouth versus just going the extra mile like you're doing. And if you just keep doing that, that's like the goodwill you're building up. People will unexpected, that will re reciprocate just by word of mouth telling other people when they can't help it. They can't help but brag about what you did for them. So that's awesome. Keep doing yeah. that too. One of the quotes I've got today, I gave her the wrong day earlier in the week because I was just so busy and I gave her the wrong day and she messaged me. She said, oh, she said, oh Linda, I'm just checking you, you're still coming today. And I was like, an hour later, I saw the message and I said, I'm really sorry. I got Wednesday and Thursday mixed up. I said, if you're happy for me to still come and do a quote, I'm more than happy to and I'll give you a 50% discount off your first plate if you decide to go with us. And she was like, yep, see you tomorrow. So I'm going to take two coffee tokens with me today for a local coffee shop and just say to her, just thank you for giving us a shot. Belinda, you're doing such a great job. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. You're going to own cleaning in that corner of Australia if you don't already, you. but you're definitely well on your way. Yeah, thank you're doing you. great. Keep it up for sure. And yeah, let us know how we can keep helping you. We can help oh, you with the pricing, yeah, matrix, jump in the course, yeah, let us know. I would be more than grateful. Absolutely. Belinda, we're happy to help. And that's what we're here for. So just we really appreciate all your feedback. Us hearing you is like helping us learn too. So it's like a win-win for everybody. So thanks for your time today and keep on being awesome. You're doing great. Awesome. All right. Check in with us. You'll get an invite to the oh. Facebook group. So follow up and let us know how it's going. And I'm looking forward to that because the other Facebook, Facebook group's not very active. There's not many posts in there. We had to split it up because we were spending so much time answering questions for strangers, essentially. So we got it split. So there's one, if you bought a course, you get more direct access to us on the back end, And that's where stuff is happening and you should use it. I mean, that one, there's more posts, but it's like two or three people that are really active in there. I love sharing stuff and learning from people. So yeah, I mean. Good yeah. stuff. Good luck on your eight quotes today. And we'll be in touch shortly. That email may come tomorrow. It's the end of our day over here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And it's lovely to see you both face to face. It's awesome. Yeah, cheers, yeah. Belinda. Have a good one. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. To get more info, including show notes, updates, trainings, and super cool free stuff, head over to ProfitCleaners.com. And remember, keep it clean.